The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? We're trying a Norwegian liqueur, or liquor, but it's probably more of a cordial liqueur, Aquavit. Oh, okay. And basically, one of our guests from Norway suggested that we try something like this, and I'd never heard it. I never even knew we had it in America, like, you know, until we went down the shelves and we started looking and then we saw it. Meanwhile, she sent us candies from Norway so that we can create, mix them with a vodka or a moonshine and create this liquor based on those candies. Oh, wow. And so basically what this has is it's finished in sherry casks Uh that are American oak. And it has hints of caraway, fennel, juniper berries, and vanilla bean. Wow. And they say definitely have a beer with it. Is It's usually a shot on the side. However, I think I remember her telling me it you can have it on the rocks, over ice, you know, different things like that. Uh-huh. I'm sure as we taste it, we might be able to find that it has a use in a martini, a special martini. So, um, and the guests that we had that suggested this, Aquavit, or a version of was Spank Ginger. Yeah. And so I'm very thankful for her. And and in fact, I have to make a note to her, but I'll tell her on the pod right now, I got the candies and I'm excited. I I think I'm going to try it a couple different ways based on your suggestions and then make some where they're whole candies and I shake it up in the alcohol. And then I'm going to try actually an American version and try moonshine and crush the candies and shake it too. And have two different versions and we'll just taste test them. Well, I'm actually excited to try Aquavit. Isn't that neat? Yeah, let's have so, a taste. It's okay. ice cold. It has, it has a smell of gasoline. Like medicinal smelling. Yeah, it does. Ooh, and it tastes like gasoline. You know what? It's good that it's cold because I think that's part of the thing is if you didn't have it cold, it would be too. Definitely an anise. Ooh, I get the fennel. aftertaste, fennel. Yeah, I, yeah. Get, I get the, see, it's afterwards. Yeah. Like in front, it's like very... Sharp alcohol? What is it? Well, it's not really sharp alcohol. It tastes like gasoline. Well, it might be because of the sherry and the oak Uh and the casks, possibly. Or you know what it is, probably? It's the juniper berries. Maybe, yeah. It's probably, you know, because they use juniper in gin. Yeah. But it's probably really forward juniper berries. So you get the juniper in the front, and then the finish is that fennel kind of... This reminds me 
when I've siphoned gasoline out of a car. <laughs> Have you done it and you've got some a mouthful of gasoline? It's interesting. I think we could play with this, though, and see how we could add other things to it. To and then see we can play it with it to start, like, small engines. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that high in alcohol, though. It's like, you know, it's 40%, so it's just typical 80 proof. Yeah, but I, I, I know. But it's so. herb. It's herbaceous. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm not against it yet. It definitely needs the beer chaser. I think that's for sure. And I think um, as we go, yeah, um, I think this might be something interesting to mix with other partners. So today we have Emily from Welcome to Kinkyville oh, on the show, so and they're doing something really cool, which I'm excited about, and I'm delighted to have her on. So Emily, welcome to the conversation. Hello. Thank you. You're welcome. It's great to have you on. Emily, we always begin our show by inviting you to share your own journey in sexuality so our listeners can get to know you. So how did you discover yourself as a sexual creature and what brought you from there to here? I was, well, if we go back all the way, I was very prudish in school and very afraid of sex, but I got married and I married, you know, the person that I was supposed to marry and I had the job I was supposed to have and I was living the life I was supposed to live and I was pretty unhappy about it. And I got divorced and my parents didn't approve. So I lost them in the divorce too. And what was nice about that, that's, I know that sounds weird, but what was really nice about that whole experience, despite the trauma, was I didn't have to prove anything to anybody. I didn't have to do what anyone told me to do. I didn't have to answer to anyone. So I started just sort of thinking like, oh, I can do whatever I want and I don't have to worry about shame or judgment or anyone else's needs. And that's when I started exploring like who I am and what I really, really wanted to do. And when I was talking about sex with one of my friends and he was just like, uh, I said, uh, you know, it's weird. I feel like I'm kind of lazy in bed. I, I just like to be told what to do. And he was like, oh, it's okay to be a submissive. And I was like, what? And then I started Googling and one thing led to another and here we are. Got it. So pretty new to King. So when was that in time? Five, five, four or five years ago. Okay. And how has your kink exploration gone since then? I mean, it's pretty fun. I had a, I just, my dom and I just broke up, but we were together almost four years. And other than that, I, you know, explored, I take, I've taken classes. I just, you know, I do a lot of research and I, I've played with a couple other people, but not very often. Usually it's just been, been one, one main partner. Got it. And by your career, you're a screenwriter, right? Well, I, I am a screenwriter, but actually my job is a script supervisor. That's how I make my money. And um, I work on film sets. Basically, it's a really complicated job to explain, but I basically sit next to the director and I take notes and I watch for continuity. That's most of my job. Got it. That sounds interesting. That's fantastic because we did watch your little clip Preview, yeah. on the webpage and very impressive. Just the right amount of time for one, for people's attention. And- just great graphics, like in the sense, well, I love the cartoon. The cartoon concept is perfect. And and the characters match you both so perfectly. It's great. And it makes me excited to want to watch more. So tell us about Kinkyville. Awesome. The animation studio was called Lucy Animation. They're out of Columbia, Bogota. And they were fantastic. And the 
editing was done by Gabriel, my uh, my former Dom, actually, but he's our director on this. We're still really good friends. Uh, he's a professional trailer editor, so he knew exactly how to cut it. The show itself is called Welcome to Kinkyville. It's an animated series about kink education. The idea being if someone has seen Fifty Shades or Reddit or anything else, really, they saw a porn they liked and it set something off in them. What happens next is a lot of people don't know where to go. There are resources. You guys are resource. There's plenty of resources out there, but some of them, they're kind of scattered all over the internet and they're kind of hard to find for some people. And on top of that, like if somebody goes to FetLife for the first time, because that's what I did after I did my initial research and I went to FetLife and I was like, oh my God, it's so intimidating. So the idea is this is going to be a place where those people and anyone who's curious about kink can come and have like an entertaining basic primer on how to kink safely and responsibly and to get the most out of it in a way that is not scary and it's, you know, hopefully going to be really approachable and we'd like to put it mainstream. We want to put it on streaming networks, HBO Max or um, Netflix or any one of those places, Amazon. Actually, that's probably the best option. What I liked about it, I'll just tell you, right, just from the get-go because I watched it only once through was how sex positive it was. And I know people throw that word around a lot. But what was great is the cartoon had a male dominant with bondage, rope tying, another male submissive. And But it wasn't like putting anyone off in like what I would say the vanilla world in seeing that because of the way they interacted was so casual and like playful that it didn't bring up the whole scary word of, oh, they could be just play partners or they could be actual sexual partners. They didn't even deal with that. They just were talking about the essence of what was happening in kink. And that really is what kink's about, is it's not always a sexual thing. For me, my partner and I were very big into bondage. And really, we were always learning shibari. We went to shibari classes together and he would watch tutorials and sort of try ties out on me that he would later use with other partners. So ours was, for me, uh, sex is fun and that's part of it. But for me, I actually always rather, I enjoy the scenes a bit more. So I like, I, I'd ra- I like the tying up is the fun part for me or, or impact play is the fun part for me. The sex is a nice benefit, but I could also do the kink without the sex. So that was easy for me. And, and, and the guys that we had, uh, do it were our inspirations. That's Mr. Christopher and Pup Amp from What's the Safe Word. And they were the voices. And if you look at them, that's the characters we drew or we had drawn. It's them. And because they were actually, they do some rope tutorials. They have rope tutorials on their YouTube. And that's how we found them was looking at rope tutorials and watching and learning from them. So we were really happy that they came on board. But that was the idea was to make it feel like it really feels when we're doing rope. That's great. That's so great. So Emily, is the intention of the series to be Kink 101? Is it like educational or does it go further? Mostly, yes. We'll see where it goes. Right now, education is the main education in an entertaining way. Basically, I initially pitched it as like if you've seen Adam Ruins Everything, the goal is to be kind of like Adam Ruins Everything, but for kink. I haven't seen that. I I haven't seen that, so I got to see that. So like you were talking about major entities to pitch to, would it be something like a multi-part series or a weekly posting or how you foresee it? Obviously, you have to work with a network, but what would be your perfect scenario? I mean... I think ideally, like I said, Amazon Prime probably is our first likely candidate, but HBO Max as well. So it just it does depend on what kind of network it is. But um, like if it's HBO Max, it's going to drop. I believe they only drop once a week. And then if it was Amazon Prime, can't remember if they drop it all at once or not. 
But yeah, it just depends on what network we end up with. But yeah, it would be more or less a weekly show unless it was on a network that dropped everything to streaming all at once. Just depends. So most people have no idea what it takes to do this. So what are the steps that you have to go through as a producer to get something first conceived, you know, storyboards out to art and so on? Now, what are the steps? Starts with a script. Everything always starts with a script. People don't give writers enough credit in movies and TV, but they, they're everything. So yeah, I well, I mean, I started with the idea and I brought it to a friend of mine who's a producer and it was going to be very small. And she was just like, no, no, this this is this is bigger than that. This is a, bigger than what you've got planned. And she gave me some ideas and I ran with them and wrote the script. And then we went and sought out, we asked a producer for help or uh, like a, someone who's got experience in animation because Gabriel and I do not have experience in animation. And uh, she helped us find an uh, animation studio. We interviewed a lot of animation studios and we finally found Studio Lucy and they were really, really great. We had a lot of people who didn't get what we were trying to do. Some of them were too expensive, but uh, Lucy was in the sweet spot and they got it right away. And so the first thing you do is character design. They look at the script we spent a lot of time. We actually had another animator get us started on that. And then we, we ended up moving to Lucy. But we, um, we, we started with character design. And once that was approved, we started moving on to style. Like, what is the, what is the background going to look like? All of that. Then we just, they did the art. They sent it to us. We look it over and give notes and send it back. And then it's got to be edited. And then it's got to have uh, a sound mix and music added in. We also have to do the voice before they do the movement, before they do all the scenes, because they need to match the mouths moving to your words. So you have to record your, your script first. And yeah, and then, then they send it to you and, and you're done. Wow, it's a lot. That, it's amazing. It, does, it takes a really long time. Well, I just really appreciate your candor in sharing this because people don't know. And that's part of the whole point, because you guys are trying to create um, crowdsourcing, what have you, in order to get this so we can present it to a network. So tell us about that and how people can get involved and donate to the cause. Well, you can go to welcometokinkyville.com and it will redirect you right to our Kickstarter page. And every contribution matters. Like this is the thing I keep saying to people, even if you only have $10, it doesn't matter because, I mean, it's nice if you have more, but even $10 makes a big difference because when we take it to networks, the more people we have who contributed our Kickstarter, and then eventually we will post this on YouTube way down the road. But if we can get a ton of views on YouTube, if we can get people contributing, if we can show that people are interested, then a network is more likely to say, okay, this is something people want. So go to welcometokinkyville.com and you can see our awards and stuff. And you can follow us on social media at Kinkyville TV. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and FetLife at Kinkyville TV. We're really, really doing the most. We're doing a lot of like dumb videos. Gabriel, we suspended him in Shibari. We're about to, if we get our next benchmark, we're going to release a video pouring hot wax on him. Um, we, I'm sorry, doing wax play, not pouring hot wax. It sounds like I'm torturing him. Uh, we did one where we were, where I hit, uh, impact play. I, uh, I hit him with a cane and he's a dom. He's never experienced any of these things before. So this was some stuff that we released just for entertainment. Every time we had a benchmark, we're doing that. And, uh, we're showing our toy chests. We also have had raffles because we got some donations from a uh, stock room, which is a store here in LA. And we got some gift cards from Twisted Monk. So we're doing as much as we can if you follow us on social media to try to just keep people interested. And and it also, is, you know, feels like we're more of a community by doing all this stuff. Well, we definitely are a community. That's what we've discovered through our podcast. Absolutely. 
So where are you on the path to your goal and what is your goal? Our goal is $54,000 for, I think it's, it covers like six minutes of animation. Animation is so expensive. Ideally, if we can get beyond, the more we can get beyond that, the longer we can make the episode. That's the goal. Like basically for every $5,000, we get another minute. So right now, I think we're sitting at 41000 as of this recording which is really close. You know, we feel pretty good. We still have, I think, 11 days left. So it'd be nice if we could hit our goal and then keep going and make our episode longer because there's some more stuff I want to talk about that's not in the script unless we get more money. Got it. So your crowdsource funding program that you're on now ends on the 9th, right? Yes, the 9th at like 4 p.m. Pacific. And so we need the Kingsters who hear this episode to go to welcometokinkyville.com and donate. Yeah, please do. Please do. Well, I'm committed to pushing this out through all my social media, for sure, because I think this has huge value. I remember your story uh, parallels my story at some level. And, you know, I only found FetLife based on conversations in a chat room someplace else. It's if you Googled fetish or whatever. FetLife doesn't come to the top. We all know it's deep in the pages and you have to kind of know it's there to get there. Once you find it, then you're in. But without promoting only FetLife, I'm saying your idea here is going to allow people access on a much easier accessible scale to consider things that I remember considering when I was deciding this path for myself. That is the great hope. And I've got, I didn't mention Jave. She's my co-host in this and she's a sex educator. She's getting currently getting her PhD. She is sort of, because I haven't been in kink for super long, but she knows all the stuff. So I'll write something and she will take a look at it and make sure it's all correct and then add stuff in. So our goal is, yeah, to be very educational to make sure that we're, we're being responsible because I want people to do that. I don't exactly what you're talking about. Like, I would love it if not only can people find this and watch it and go, oh, okay. But it's also about normalizing. You, you're watching how to do this stuff safely. And by the way, in a way that is not born, we're never going to be showing actual sex scenes. But they can also, hopefully it normalizes it to the point where they're like, oh, this isn't that weird. This isn't that crazy. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me, you know. And on top of that, if someone finds out you're into really into feet or whatever, and they're like, whoa, what's that about? You can be like, well, here's an episode. Watch this. It'll explain everything. No, I love it. I it's, think it's, it's great. It's really brilliant because as a cartoon with animation, it's very accessible to people. They don't feel put off. I don't know why it is, but if you had your two of you just sitting in front of the camera just talking about it, nothing else but that. It would be more off-putting than the than your animation that you've got forward. That's that's exactly. Originally, it was going to be live action because that's the world. Like I said, I'm a script supervisor. I'm used to working in live action, so I wrote it to be a live action pilot. And as it went along, well, first the pandemic hit, so we couldn't shoot anything live action. And me not knowing anything about animation, I was like, oh, we'll just make it animated. And that's, no, it's not that easy. It takes way longer to do animation. But once we started down that road, I realized just what you said, that it's it's less off-putting. It's more welcoming. And then we ended up changing the title, you know, so that it feels really more like a, a welcoming, uh, like not intimidating space to be. So that's really the goal. Yeah, I think that there's an opportunity to reach people when they're much younger you know, and they feel different yeah, than their peers. For sure. Yeah. I mean, South Park is an example, right? It's like it really reaches people in a way that that same movie doesn't reach people. Yeah. Uh, it's 
Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I hope that when people see this, I mean, we're very clear about it not being for children. But yeah, you know, anybody who's young and old, anyone who's new, because I was pretty old when I discovered kink. So we want to make sure it's available for people to discover when they figure out, when they start figuring out who they are. And that's great if it is, you know, teenagers or 20-somethings, or because that means that they didn't spend a whole lot of years like I did denying themselves all these cool things they could have been doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is, I, I see the potential for this being huge. So it, it probably is going to grow into even bigger. But I think our first benchmark is to get people to, to go to your website for sure, donate, but also, you know, don't just donate, go see the, the pilot because it's beautiful. It's well done. It's, it made me think immediately, I need to donate. And then put forth as much as you can, because we're all trapped indoors almost right now with COVID. Thank you. And I'll tell Gabriel what you said about his uh, his uh, edit because and Lucy too. They did such a good job with the animation, but Gabriel did the edit. Initially, I was like, okay, well, we don't have any money, so let's just put me and Javay in front of a camera and we'll show some character designs and some, you know, stills and he was like, he's a perfectionist. He is a dom. So with his big dom energy, he was just like, nope, we're not doing that. We're going to make a whole thing. And he put up the money to have Lucy do some of that animation. And I kept having to pull him down. He kept going, no, we're going to do bigger, bigger, bigger. And I was like, we do not need to do that. Please be reasonable. Let's let's make it less. Let's make it a little bit cheaper. And so I think we ended up at a pretty sweet spot. We're both really, really happy with where we where we got with that video. And, and I he was absolutely right. I kept trying to make it smaller and make it you know, I was like, we don't really need the animation. And he was right. We needed the animation. I, I think it's it's made all the difference. No, it's really great. It sounds like you have a really good team. I'm. It's spot on. Yeah. Tell us about how you met Gervais. I was looking for someone to fill that role. And I was in a sex positive group on Facebook at the time. And I just was like, hey, does anybody know any sex educators? I specifically asked for a person of color. My goal was to find someone who's a person of color who was hopefully pansexual or at least by someone who was a switch would be ideal. I mean, these were all negotiable things, but this was what I wanted. And Jave is all of those things. She's also got a really great personality. So I could not have found a more perfect co-host. I really lucked out. And she was like the first name everyone gave me. And as soon as I watched, she has a she has a YouTube series called In Bed with a Millennial. And as soon as I watched a couple episodes, I was like, yep, she's the one. That's so great. That's so great. It's yeah. excellent. I'm excited about this. And, I, and truly, after your date, you'll probably come up with an idea of where your next steps are. I'd love to hear from you again on what's happening and where it's going. Thank you. I'll happily talk about it forever. I mean, that's how I got into this is I would go on Facebook and people would be like asking questions about their relationships. And they would obviously have really abusive relationships. And you'd be like, girl or guy or whatever, be like, just get out of there because that's not how this is how the relationship is supposed to look. And I found myself typing the same things over and over again about people who just didn't realize because I researched, even though I haven't been in kink super long, I researched the hell out of everything. So I've read like everything. So I would be like, okay, so this is this is a thing that you should do. I also used to be a school teacher. Uh, so I found myself saying that over and over again. And I love talking about it. I love giving advice like that to people. So that's that's sort of where this originated. I was like, why isn't there this? Why doesn't this exist in a way that I can just link to a thing and show people? So yeah, I'll love to talk about it forever. So you briefed over that you were in a sex positive thing and you were looking, you found your co-host. But this is what's important because I feel your energy and I was in the same thing. Maybe It sounds like I could be in a different 
age group, but the idea is the same thing. I came into kink. I was kinky my whole life, but the reality is not like I am now where I choose to be in a 24-7 TPE. But you were on a path to find a dominant. And obviously you found someone you were with for quite a while. So what did you do? How did you find him? Because I know what I've done, but what did you do? Oh, Lordy, that was just luck. I, I wish I could give better advice. I, I was because I was post-divorce. I was really suspicious of any man who approached me. And, you know, when you're a heterosexual woman who is a submissive and new to kink, you get a lot of gross people in your mentions. And so I got a lot of gross people in my mentions. And then I got a message from Gabriel and he didn't seem gross and he had a really reasonable presentation. And so I responded to it and then I met him and then we went from there. So he's the only person I ever actually met because I was real heavily vetting like everyone. And I, I just was like, nope, 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 nope. Hey, he's not bad. And he ended up being pretty good. And here we are. I applaud you because I feel you on that. I was exactly the same way, vetting very hard. I had been on online dominance for a couple years, but got to the end of that and was like, there's got to be more because I need more in person. And was at the point of leaving my marriage. And then I went looking and I chose my you know demographic and I kind of started at A and went through 5,000 dick pics and finally got tired and went started at Z and then I kind of Z is weird because when you go backwards in fet life it's kind of weird reasons why people choose Z and X and things like that so I kind of skipped and I got to T and then I got to S and luckily Saffir was SA <laughs> and you're right I read his about and it spoke to me and he's the only one I met. Oh yeah. Wow. Sounds like we have very similar stories. Emily, tell our listeners again how to find you and what needs to happen between now and nine days from now, or 11 days from now. You can go to welcometokinkyville.com and contribute to our campaign, watch our videos, see our rewards and pick what you like. And what needs to happen is we need 13,000 more dollars by September 9th in order to make our goal. And after we've made our goal, we'll just like as much as possible so that we can put more minutes into our show. That's really the goal. Just as much money and as many people. And that's what we're going to do with it. If we make extra money, it's going right back into the animation, basically. This that's is great, so Emily. great. Yeah, this really, is so great. Really appreciate you coming on in short notice and sharing your project with us. Thank you for doing that. And we're going to come back to you in like six months and sort of see where we are. Cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Okay.